Hey, good morning and welcome to Thursday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And I don't even know, this is probably day, Corona day 20-something at least for me uh, as uh, I'm still recuperating uh, at home with the coronavirus. Please keep Eric in your prayers. Eric's still in the hospital uh, with his battle with coronavirus, uh, but the show must go on. It was a little bit of a, a tough night last night. Uh, you, you know, I just you just don't know. Just last night it wasn't a great night, so I'm a little on the tired side this morning. Uh, I had a doctor's appointment over the phone yesterday, which uh, is the first one for me. I know a lot of the people out there have done like the video chats and the phone stuff. Now this is. I guess the way medicine is heading, uh, got a I got a pretty good report. Uh, as I, I told a lot of you, uh, I'm a, I'm part of one of the I think I'm the the Gilead drug is the one that was given to me. Uh, I'm part of that study, and the nurses were asking a bunch of questions and and. I was answering them all. Then we got to talking about, you know, where I'm at. Uh, they they believe that I'm no longer contagious. But they also said, you know, they said something interesting because I said, well, are we going to get another test, right? Am I going to take a test to, to prove that I'm corona negative? Uh, and the funny thing was is that they, they said no. And they said that... Um, and this was through Mayo Clinic. That was the hospital I was at, the Mayo Clinic. They said that their test is so sensitive that I will continue to test positive for COVID-19 even without the fact that uh, they were saying that, I guess I've got some dead COVID cells. Uh, and, and, if, and if I'm screwing that up, uh, bear with me. It was... Uh, um, along, it was it was almost forty five minutes on the phone. I'm doing my best to 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 describe what they said, but that I would be giving out false positives on the test for a while, and that they they don't actually plan on, on testing me again uh, unless uh, work was required. In other words, if I work for uh, you know a lot of these big companies out there. Uh, they, they'll make you take a test and get a negative result before returning back to work. Um, and since I kind of own the company, they're like, yeah, we probably won't do that in your case. So, uh, But they, they did also uh, extend my quarantine. Uh, they said that they're really happy with where I'm at. Uh, I'm not contagious. Um, they don't think I even have coronavirus anymore. Uh, but they're more worried um, about me getting pneumonia from somebody else. Uh, they said that, uh, and I think this happens a lot with regular pneumonia. I, I, I don't know. I've never had it, but I, I'm pretty sure um, that that you, you get susceptible to getting it again. Uh, so the, the quarantine for me has been extended um, until uh, at least next Wednesday. Uh, that's when I have my next uh, doctor's appointment, I guess. Uh, so I will be operating from the bedroom uh, at least through next Wednesday. But uh, ho- 
returning back to work. So uh, that's the update for today. Again, re- a reminder, uh, keep uh, keep Eric in your prayers. He really needs it. Uh, he's stabilized. Um, um, he's not getting any worse. And, and I would venture to say he's getting a little better, uh, but he's still got a, a long road ahead of him. So please uh, keep him in his prayers. Uh, and I don't even know. I'm not even sure who's with me today. Uh, I got a late start, uh, so I'm not even sure if, if it's Glenn or Jason or if I'm by myself. Is anybody out there? I'm here. Joe, how are you? Glenn, how are you, bud? I'm doing great. I was just thinking, you know, operating, you, you working from the bedroom. Hugh Hefner made millions operating from the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get you laughing too hard to get in a coughing. Oh, you're gonna make me yeah, start coughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, that, <laughs> sorry about that. But yeah, uh, gosh, enjoy it while you can, you know, because you're gonna have to eventually get out into the real world again and. And, you know, I, I was listening to my school superintendent today talk about plans A through F on how we're going to start the school year, and it's insane what is coming up. Well, I think that has all- been a big uh, topic, Glenn, the last couple of days on the, t- on the TV. You know, because it's boring. I'll, I'll tell you right now, uh, and, I, and I'm sure everybody uh, is probably pretty bored with the – you know the the restrictions and and TV. There's nothing new on TV, right? Everything's a repeat. They're not making new shows and uh, and just a lot of boredom. Uh, so I would you know just to get out of the house uh, would be an exciting thing. But but um, it's so funny you talk about back to school. That's been a big thing here because you know Arizona we start early. Um, normally in Arizona. Uh, that that by the second week of August, everybody's back in school. Uh, they've delayed it now to the 17th, and there's to talk about maybe delaying it some more. Uh, and a lot of talk about, uh, I'm hearing a lot about uh, choices. Like you can go all online, partial online, all kinds of different things. We'll talk about that and a few other things. Listen, we got a great show. I promise you we do. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. 800-951-0592. It, it really is amazing, you know, when you think about what we're talking about. I mean, to sit here and think about it at a year ago, nobody had heard of this thing. Uh, you know, and I, I, and I think back... Uh, you know, to the the Spanish flu, right? The you know the nineteen eighteen and and everybody, at least what we learned in school, Glenn, was you know, hey, hygiene back in the day wasn't so great. You know, uh, people didn't bathe regularly. Uh, sanit- uh, sanitation wasn't like today. You know, a lot of people. Uh, you know, you lived rurally, right? You, you had outhouses. There wasn't uh, plumbing and and uh, water treatment facilities and all of these things that that we have. Uh, you know, filters and things that clean the water supply and 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 like I said, you know, uh, the um, let's just say I guess the cleanliness 
of our founding fathers may have left a little bit to be desired in, in, in there. Like, you know, that was the main reason why, you know, it was so bad. Well, yeah. fast forward to today, you know, I'd like to believe that, you know, by and large, you know, we're, we're pretty sanitary. You know, people, you know, take showers and baths and, you know, we've got water treatment facilities and, you know, we got clean water. Uh, and yet here we are with this, this, well, I don't even know what to call it. And we're talking about, you're talking about plans A through F. You're not even sure yet, and I don't think any school district is sure yet, if the school going to open, not reopen. Uh, what are your thoughts in, in Maryland? You, uh, I mean, here in Arizona, I think we're going to open, and I think it's going to be um, a lot of you'll have an option. You can either go all all online or partial online, partial at school, like a, a rotating schedule, so to speak, or some kind of hybrid. Uh, I don't know about sports. Sports is, is boy, 50-50 right now in Arizona. And I know across the country I've seen a lot of states canceling uh, their sports program. Where, where, how about up in Maryland? Where, where do you think, what's happening where you're at? Yeah, so our mayor is, our governor rather, is very cautious. So I think uh, he's going to look at the data right up until the very end. But that's hard for school systems to adapt that way, especially for transportation with busing. Because at one point they're saying there's only going to be 10 kids on a bus and they're going to have to test them before they get on the bus, temperature test them. I mean, that that's just crazy. And and uh, you know, also uh, my son's college sports, have all fall sports are now in the spring, and that's going to just be put a real burden on field time for the lacrosse team and the football team on the same field. So that's tough. And I, I, I think we're not going to go back. If we do, we might go back for a week so the teachers can actually see the kids and like, okay, who's who? And then they'll go back into some hybrid. I think that's probably what's going to happen, but no one knows right now. Everybody's just guessing. I think that uh, every, no one wants to be the first school system to say, to make a plan because then it takes all the pressure off everyone else on what they have to do. So if you're the first person, if you're the first school district to come out and say what you're actually going to do, that gives a lot of uh, easing the pressure for the other school systems. I think that's the way it is. I think I, I really looking at college uh, football to see what happens there. I know the SEC wants to go. I was listening to Ed Ogeron the other day. He's like, oh, we need football. You know how Ed Ogeron talks. You know, he, he wants to play. And I know the SEC wants to play. Those guys are ready. But uh, I think probably the, the big test is going to be how the NBA and baseball go. Probably, Joe. What do you think? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, the bubble uh, and the NBA and – and uh, NASCAR had an event yesterday where they had, uh, I think it was fifteen or 20,000 fans uh, were allowed in. Of course, it's a place that can hold well over 100,000. Um, but when I, when I start thinking about this stuff, it, it, it really highlights what we're up against. You know, when you really sit down and you think about, man, we're talking about not being able to send our kids back to school. I know in Arizona, some of the school districts are worried about fu money. That, hey, you know what? We don't have the money to bring the kids back. 
because, and then I didn't even think about it. I think you answered my question about it. You know, if you've got to uh, be taking temperatures at bus stops and and who knows all what else, and and having the the separation. So, in other words, I don't know about everywhere else, but in Arizona, we pack them in. So, if a if a class can hold. 35 kids, okay? So there'll be 35 kids in that class. Right? We don't have, I, I don't know of a school in Arizona that has uh, classes of less than, you know, 20, right? 20 kids, and that's, and I don't even know that I know anyone that has 20. Most of the classes here in Arizona, there's 30 plus kids in these rooms. Um, so, you're now going to have to do something, I guess, where, hey, we got to get rid of half of these kids. And it's not like a school's got a bunch of extra rooms laying around. Yeah, I think what they're trying to do is like an A-day, B-day hybrid schedule. So they'll have half the kids come in on an A-day, half the kids come in on a B-day. And when you're out, you're doing uh, virtual lessons online. So my school, the middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, we have 900 kids in school. It's big. We have three waves of buses that, that – that depart at the end of the day and and then they go to the high school and pick up kids and those buses are chock full there's no way they can do that i mean it's just impossible so i i, I and you're talking about hygiene joe um back during the polio crisis in this country it was actually the kids that were dirtier got polio less because they had more of an immunity to everything if you listen to G, uh, george carlin germ uh comic uh strip that he does oh my gosh it's you know Basically, I'm gonna. People, I'm gonna tell you. We're so clean right now, and that's a that's a problem that we're so clean because we don't have immunity to disease we're like too we clean. used to. Yeah. And that, well, you know what's funny is during my appointment yesterday, they asked me if I smoked. Okay, and and I had said no. I'm, I'm never did. Never, never was a smoker. Right. Just wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't my thing. And my wife has been doing a lot of researching of stuff. And she flat out asked them, hey, is it true that smokers are having an easier time with COVID? And the, the, they said that they're compiling the data. They're, they're like, it's looking like it. It's almost, so believe it or not, so there you go, you know, uh, wait, wait long enough, they'll tell you something that's bad for you is good for you, apparently, and it's early, it's early, so don't, don't say, oh, Double J said it, it's a fact, but it appears that if you're a smoker, you're not going to, uh, you have a much less chance of getting COVID to where, like, we were, Eric and I were both in the hospital. Yeah, because you've already beaten your lungs up so bad already that COVID comes in there like, oh, we can't do any more damage here. See ya. Right? I mean, crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. That is crazy. And oh, then the gosh. other thing was when I was talking to them, I've got, I got horrible anxiety with this. And the nurse was like, yep, she goes, We've been seeing that that is a common throughout 
is the COVID virus, whatever it does, it also is triggering uh, a huge wave of anxiety for people that get it. And I got mad on the phone because I was like, you know what, why didn't somebody say something to me? You know, I said, uh, while I was in the hospital, they were giving me something for the anxiety. And then they shipped me home. And never said a word. Right? Didn't send me home with a, a prescription. And they'll, 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 hey, okay, let's, we'll call you in a couple of days, you know? And, and I said... The worst symptom I've had after about the third day in the hospital, about the third day in the hospital, I kind of knew I'm like, hey, I'm getting better, you know, and and I'm I'm going to be home soon. This this is working for me. The anxiety has been the worst thing I've had to deal with, and and it's so funny because it's so hard to put into words. It was so bad. The first uh, three days I was home, it was so bad, um, and and I told the nurse, I said, that, I go, that's just, you know, that's unexcusable to me. I should have been warned. I should have been told, right? I should have definitely have been given something to deal with it, and uh, and of course they're like, well, you know, we're still learning and blah 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 blah. And I said, sounds like you've already learned it. Yeah, that, that's and amazing. it's one of those things, you know, just, I, you know, and of course, it's kind of a crazy show, a little bit all over the place, but uh, I wanted to share that meeting I had with everybody, and, I, and I'm wondering, part of me wonders if they don't want to say it, because they've made such a massive deal in the media about this, that now everybody who gets COVID-19 is freaking out. Joe, that's the, the placebo effect. It can make it right. much, make it much worse just by knowing it. Right. Just just by knowing it, and I'm thinking in my mind about you know it's 24 seven. I've been home now for uh, a little over a week, and literally, it's either watch the stock channel, okay, which half of the stuff on the stock channel, at least half, is COVID. Turn on uh, regular Fox or CNN, which is all COVID, or you're watching uh, reruns of Maury Povich. I mean, those are your choices. And, Joe, think about this. In 1957, we had the H2N2, which nobody knows about. It was a, it was a flu viral thing like coronavirus, and 120,000 American, uh, Americans died that year. But uh, nobody freaked out. It was business as usual. Elvis Presley did packed concerts. Eisenhower was president. Right. And we had half the population. So, in fact, if you equated that, that would be 250,000 Americans dying today. And they just they handled it as an illness, and they just went about their business. It's simply been weaponized by the media to scare us all into compliance. It has been. You know what? I like that. The media has absolutely weaponized this thing. It's, it, it's created divisions. Um, it's created a, a situation where uh, I don't know what to do. Nobody knows what to do. Right now you're, you're talking about, God, you're a horrible person if you want your kid to go back to school. 
And, and yeah, you know, Joe, let me like let me say this, Joe, about the school because we're going to hit the break. I just wanted to put this in. You can re, uh, reply on the other side of the break. I think the school and the, these 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 so-called free things that we're used to. I think we're we're, we're setting our system up for a pay-to-play sort of situation. If you want good schooling, then you'll you'll be the person that pays for those spots that are available. Otherwise, you stay at home and get crappy education. Because my son didn't learn anything when he was in public school, but he got less than nothing when he was doing it at home. And I think with a lot of going to football games and restaurants, the prices will go up. And, and uh, if you can afford it, this will be a way to milk the middle class all the way down. Cause if, oh, yeah. Yep. This is definitely a middle class killer, no doubt about it. Uh, and, and I'm with you. I, I agree. I think that's a, a – and I think we're going to definitely see uh, things of that and in, in so much more. Uh, but we got a lot of great things. Listen, when we get back, I promise uh, we're going to talk about jobs and a great fractional gold special that I'm super excited about. So don't touch that dial. Bear with us. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now, continuing that legacy, the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. 51 years ago today, the Apollo 11 lunar mission achieved liftoff from the Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, Florida. This was certainly a momentous day in the history of our great nation. It marked the beginning of a new chapter for all of mankind. Many people forget that a new chapter means the beginning of something as well as the end of something. While it may have been the end of the chapter in which mankind was tethered to Earth, it began a new era of defending American interests in the skies and beyond. Although we've entered into multiple international agreements to deter the militarization of space, bad actors like Russia and China ignore these treaties when it suits their interests. Earth's orbit was filled with debris, known as space junk, after China conducted anti-satellite missile tests in 2007. Russia hasn't been slacking off on their space weapons program either. If America doesn't step up to the plate, these nations could easily gain the power to completely destroy all of our installations in space with no retaliation from us. Everything from communication to weather forecasting would be devastated by such an attack. Given a little time, these nations could render all of our airborne missiles obsolete with space-based defenses like President Reagan proposed with his Strategic Defense Initiative. President Trump was wise enough to see our vulnerability here which is why he announced the launch of a new sixth branch of the U.S. Armed Forces called the U.S. Space Force. With this new branch, we can look after American interests throughout the globe by countering the militarization undertaken by the likes of Russia and China. If America is to have bargaining power with hostile nations, we have to pursue real military superiority. The challenge of space-based defense might have seemed like a distant proposition for Americans witnessing the Apollo 11 launch 51 years ago. But our world today is a very different place. The sooner we come to terms with this new reality, the sooner we can secure peace for the freedom-loving people of the entire world. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. America is safe only when America is strong. Our national defense requires the most modern technology and best-trained soldiers, and there should be no social politics or idle threats coming out of Washington. At phyllisschlafly.com, we take this work very seriously. Please visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. We're back, 800 951 Got 
Double J, Joe Jaquint here. We got the professor, Glenn Biddle, Jason Walker up in Colorado. Uh, just talking about this this crazy thing and, and uh, you know, the shutting down of this country and what this disease is, isn't, and all the unknowns. And I think that's really what we're dealing with, the unknowns. They're turning into knowns. Okay, they really are. And, and if you look at Wall Street, if you solely look at the price, you're missing it. You're missing it. So today, jobless claims every Thursday. This is week 17. Another 1.3 million. It stopped going down, have you noticed? Every week now, 1.3 1.35, right, 1.29, 1.4, but another 1.3 million people. This is when you file for the first time. So these are, these are new filings. These are uh, businesses that survived uh, the first, you know, the first closure. They survived the first one, but they didn't survive the second round or... They maybe it wasn't a closure, but when they reopened, the business didn't come back with it, and now we're seeing this this new wave of layoffs that are that are affecting us. The continuing claims number. This is a number that they've been bragging about, which, by the way, is they brag about it and they put an asterisk by it. They brag about it. Hey, hey, it's only well. Actually, went up. It actually went up quite a bit today. I think it was seventeen point seven million. And then they put an asterisk by it. Oh, by the way, and that's not everybody. We're not counting, and it depends on who you talk to. Uh, but but I, I'm going to say add another eight to ten million to that number. That's the probably. Uh, the more realistic number, and that has to do with all the 1099 employees uh, that have been allowed to file. Uh, they don't fit into the system, so they, 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 it's just funny how they ignore them. You, you would think they could, uh, with a simple journal entry, right, take care of this and give us an accurate number, but they don't want us to have an accurate number. And, and I'm telling you right now, you're kidding yourself if you think this is a V recovery. It's impossible. Think about it. Right? Think about all the stuff that's closed. I look at our family. We don't go anywhere. Right? We don't drive anywhere. You know, this is this right now normally for us we'd be on vacation. This would be the last week before our our sons, our older son would be going back to school. Our younger son, football practice, would be getting ready to start the last week of July, right? We'd, we'd try to sneak in something, right? There, it, you see pictures here and there of beaches and whatnot, but people aren't going on vacation. They're not. They're not going uh, to 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 take a trip here or a trip there or a staycation. Uh, the J 
JW Marriott. It's down the street from my house. It's really fancy, high-end resorts that uh, in the summertime they drop the price down to you know like ninety-nine dollars. And, and Arizonans do the staycation, you know, and you float down the lazy river and you do all that stuff. Nobody's doing that. Right? No bowling alleys, no bars, and, and you just start thinking logically about all of this. And you're like, wait a minute, how does this work? How, how, how big is the unemployment number going to be? And, and my, just looking at the numbers, we're going to have an unemployment rate well above 10% for the rest of the year. And, and, and well above, it could be 20. Uh, I know it's, I, listen, I already know it was over 20. They may never report it, but it was there. But but it has been, uh, when you look at these jobless claims numbers, just to give you perspective, the worst number ever, 17 weeks ago, well, let's, say, let's go 18 weeks, the worst number ever, 18 weeks ago was 800, a little over 800,000. And it happened uh, in 19, I want to say it was 1981 or 1982. It was an early 80s. And there was factors. And I don't know if it was like a UAW strike or something like that that really spiked the number. But that was the highest recorded number ever. And now I'm telling you, we've gone 17 straight weeks where the lowest number is 1.3 million. So you're talking about, hey, wait a minute, that's double the, the worst number ever. And we, we do it every week. We've been doing it now, like I said, for 17 straight weeks in a row. And, and in less than two weeks, the extra, quote, unquote, the extra $600 a week goes away. And you think about the numbers. Over 50 million people have filed jobless claims uh, in this country over that time period, that's a lot of money that's going to be leaving the U.S. economy here in a very short period of time. When you think about, okay, uh, if they're owning 17.7 million continuing claims, I'm telling you the number's probably 25 to 27 million, and now you're going to take $600 a week away from 25 million people week after week. That's significant, guys. That's a big problem. And, Joe, and then you add in the the um, the rents and the mortgages that all that all that grace periods are starting to go away. The forbearance. Uh, it's so yeah. funny, boy, boy, Glenn, right on it. So mortgage forbearance, let's talk about that. So if you were, if you were not behind and you're getting forbearance right now, 4.1 million households have gotten forbearances, okay? If you are, were not behind before COVID started, so if you hadn't missed a payment, they're still showing your loan as current. 
The problem is delinquencies and, and be, uh, mortgage uh, past due notices are now flying to record highs despite not counting the forbearances. We'll talk about that and the best special in weeks coming up next. Welcome back here. We're talking about mortgages real quick, and then we'll get to the I'm so excited about this special, and I'm, I'm blowing it. I'm not, I haven't even uh, talked about it here. But this morning, early in the morning, they released delinquency data for housing. So this, is, this isn't renters, okay? So uh, if you have a mortgage payment, this is, this is what we're talking about. They said that this, and they're, they're slow. Uh, this is an April number. So think about, you know, here we are in the middle of July. We're talking about April. Record increase in mortgages 30 days past due or more. So this is the, the early stage of default. And you think about the so I and initially I thought oh well that's the four million people you know the the forbearance people uh uh-uh. uh that doesn't count them so I started digging trying to come up with a number it appears because then we got to remember not everybody who had a loan could file forbearance uh, these programs it only certain types of loans like FHA loans and things like that it appears to me that the number of people not making their mortgage payment is double what they've been telling you on the TV. Because on the TV, they tell you about the 4 million people in forbearance. Assuming all of those people were making their payments before COVID, those are still showing as current. So when we looked at the April number, it looked like, to me, Glenn, Another 4 million people did get forbearance, and we've got a wave coming here. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. If, if you're saying all these numbers are, are dated, I mean, think about what's going to happen here when people have had all this money thrown at them. And what, do you think they've saved up for their mortgage? Probably not. They probably went out and either spent bills that they had right then, or they were scared and stocked up on stuff. And thinking, oh, well, it's okay. We can, we, we're good till. And just think, if you have a mortgage, don't they tack those extra payments onto the end of the mortgage? Well, now? see, here's the thing. Now, the forbearance thing. This, it's there's a lot of leeway here. You could have, you could possibly have, and I would imagine the government. The government's going to just try to tack it on, right? Oh, we'll let you slide. We'll add it to your loan. We're the government. If you don't have a government loan, uh, it's not going to be good for you. Uh, these people will want their money that they'll have. And the way it was written, they have the right to demand all the payments. And if you don't make all the payments, so let's just say they let you go four months without making a payment. Well, essentially now the bank can immediately start the process, the default process on you. 
and you could say, well, yeah, I could make, let me make my payment this month, and, uh, you know, I can make half of a mortgage payment, you know, let me catch up. They're not going to let you do that. Boy, that sounds like the housing crisis. I remember you guys talking about that, what, back when when it happened right the bank the banks were letting you stay in your house for years after you weren't couldn't pay as long as you could pay a hundred dollars a month they were they're fine it doesn't go on our books as a bad loan i mean i wonder if that's going to happen again now. well and here's the thing though i think the banks this time around they want the house wow because it's not a bad loan it's not like the house is a hundred thousand dollars upside down yeah that makes sense. Right? They're going to want the house. Hey, get out. I can sell this thing tomorrow to another one of our, you know, investor groups, you know. Uh, but but just things to be aware of. Listen, I got I got a, an item. I've got to do it. I, I, I've been, and, and I don't know, I've been weird about it. We have 75 $5 Liberty gold pieces so these are the old five dollars these are the quarter ounce you know we don't run them a lot because they're hard to get the fact that they're 75 well, i'm so pumped up about it because uh especially lately uh anytime we've run like a, a five dollar piece there's 30 maybe there's 40 coins that's it so 75 this is a lot um they're regularly priced at $545. This is the Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. And we've ran, we run a lot of great items here. Uh, but fractional old gold is, is, I just think for me, when it's available, that's what I like. When I add to my portfolio, I love the 20s. They're great. The 10s are good. But, man, having those smaller fractional pieces, uh, it just makes me feel better, right? If I need a, a generator or I need something like that where, hey, I don't need a $20 gold piece, having a $5 piece around, as long as I don't have to pay the sky-high premiums, right? $545 for a $5 piece, that, that's a little pricey. It's not horrible, but it's pricey. Today, I've got them on special. $525. So that's 20 bucks a coin off. If you buy 10 or more, take another $5 off. So five, one through nine, 525. 10 or more, 520. At 800, 951, Add to your portfolios. When you can buy a $5 piece for this close, four or five, that close to a 20, that's when you buy these $5 pieces. That happens today. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Final segment coming up. Final segment here on this Thursday, the $5 Liberty. Listen, outside, the only other coin I like more is the $5 Indian, just because I think it's a cooler-looking coin. But price-wise, the the Liberty is priced to perfection today. 
uh, one through nine at five and a quarter, ten or more at five twenty. There was seventy five coins when we started. Brooke and Arlene are taking orders. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. This is my my stone cold lead pipe, a lock of the week. Uh, this is, uh, and I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but this is definitely the best item we've run all week. The $5 Liberty, uh, one through nine at five and a quarter. Buy ten or more, 520 at 800 And just think about what we've got. We've got this, this triple whammy coming up, and I just don't know what they're thinking when watching, whether it be the Trump administration and the next round of stimulus, uh, watching Wall Street here, the extra $600 a week ends in less than two weeks. That's a huge, huge, huge hit to spending because they, they know the truth. The truth of the matter is almost 30 million people a week are getting this extra $600. That's huge. I don't know how you make up for that. Mortgage forbearance comes to an end. And already, I just told you already, we're seeing record increases in, in people behind on their mortgage. And now the forbearance comes to an end. A lot of states, the moratorium on eviction. If you, and this is talking about commercial loans, right? Renters, right? These are you. Maybe you're renting an apartment or renting a house, or maybe your business. You rent a building or, or an office. The moratorium on on evictions all comes to an end at the same time, and the reality is the reopening, the V, didn't work. Right, we know, right? Everybody, uh, especially in the states, you know, take California, Arizona, Texas, Florida, right? The states you all hear about, right? We're all upgrading. We're closing the bars again. Everybody's got to wear a mask. Uh, less, you know, dine out only. All of these things, it's happening all over again. Today, we got confirmation in the jobless claims that it looks like. We've hit this the new wave, the new round. People that lost their job, got their job back, have now lost them again, or at least it started to have lost those jobs again. And that's exactly what I was worried about. I think we're going to catch up. I think when the government realizes what's happened, we're going to get another massive stimulus bill. But right now, they miss. I think they missed it. I think the, a lot of wishful thinking, a lot of hot air. Uh, but it's giving you a great opportunity. Pick up these $5 liberties. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Final show of the week coming tomorrow. Everybody take care. God bless. Keep Eric in your thoughts.